What's up, up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast here, and uh, I'm excited today. We got Khaled El Masri. He's out of uh, North Dallas, Texas. He's the host of the Rise Up, the show podcast, as well as the founder of the Rise Business and Wellness Conference. That's coming up here quickly, actually, February 27th to the 29th. So if you're listening to this in 2020 before that, um, <laughs> you know, you got to check it out. So thank you for being here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you for inviting me. Nice job pronouncing my first and last name. It definitely. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you bet, man. Like, yeah, I always, uh, I always have to ask because I just want to make sure that that I get it right. So. Well, the first name, yeah, man. Everyone's now everyone's figured out who DJ Khaled is. So <laughs> yeah, right. I re I reference that. It's it's yeah. a nice job there. <laughs> you got it. So yeah, let's kick this off. First question I do like to ask to kind of get things started is. The name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So, you know, what comes to mind for you? Or, uh, what does that mean to you when you hear Championship Leadership? Man, that's a good question. Uh, man, I think for me, it's the uh, it's that ser servant leader. Uh, I think that's, uh, as I was coming up in my management roles with various health clubs, uh, some of my best leaders were always about putting the team in front of themselves and really be that servant leader of like what is it, what's in the best interest of the individual? Cause I think I always found like once you take care of them, they take care of the clients, which takes care of everything else. So any dude championship and servant and servant leadership for me go hand in hand. Yeah. I love it. Uh, servant leadership so important and you know, more and more guests are, 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 are touching on that too. So I think, um, you know, I think that's something that maybe was, was lost a bit in the conversation around leadership, but it's, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, right? It's just like people that you're serving and, you know, get too focused on the money or the mission versus, well, the mission, I think really, if it's, if it's, if it's around that serving people and creating value and, and just making a difference, like all the other stuff comes, right? For sure. I think, and a lot of it is just not knowing, man. Like I didn't, when I first started, I didn't know what servant leadership was. I think yeah. it's John Maxwell's five levels of leadership. Yeah. I mean, all of us, I started at level one, like do what yeah. I say because it says manager on my name tag. And <laughs> I mean, that was, that's, that was leadership 101 for me. And so it took me years to really understand 
how to be a servant leader, man. Like how to really care for the team. How do you listen to, you know, how do you have one-on-one meetings and not make them about business specifically, but more like what's on your mind? How can I help you? What can I do to get you to the next level? And what you, what you found or what I found was I just, people were a lot more responsive. They were, they were, oh, they knew it was safe to have those hard conversations that, but knew that I was going to come from a place of support and not a place of judgment or do what I say. Yeah. So, you know, tell me, tell us a little bit more about yourself because like you're in the space of, you know, rise business and wellness conferences all about gym owners and, and trying to take that next step. How do you continue to serve? I think, yeah, especially as a gym owner, like in the beginning, <laughs> I was, I, I own a CrossFit box for a few, okay. two, three years. And uh, like, I was in the business, right? <laughs> I was deep in the business. And, uh, and it was all about like, man, we just got to serve. We got we to gotta coach these, these people and we got to like, just creates this maximum value. But yet, how do you take, take that next step, take yourself out, but yet still continue to give that quality of service. So tell us a little bit about you and like, yeah, what's your background? The Rise Up, the show, I love the name for the Thank podcast. You. How did that all come about? Ties into your conference that you got going out. So like, yeah, tell us a little bit about you and, and where you came from to where you are today. Yeah, but I, so I, I was actually born in the Middle East. I was born in Beirut, Lebanon. And so if anyone knows anything about Beirut and Lebanon, you know, Civil War, you know, all that for the last, man, it was like 20, 20 years Civil War. So my parents moved here when we, we came to the States when I was five years old. So moved to California, uh, uh, Northern California, more, well, actually more Central California, like San Luis Obispo, um, based like four hours north or four hours south of San Francisco. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, English was my second language. You know, I fell into the whole trap of the immigrant mindset, you know, do what your parents are, are telling you to do. Like, you got to be a... If you know anything about Middle Eastern parents, it's either be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. <laughs> so going the personal training route, man, my dad was definitely not the most excited. You know, wanted to be a cop for the longest time. My uncles were both police officers and that's what took me out of San Luis Obispo and brought me to San Francisco. And then one day my uncle's best friend got shot and killed on duty. Uh, the, wow. the bullet went right between where the vest doesn't cover. Yeah. And that for me was like, I'm done. Like, I yeah. don't, I don't, I mean, I just saw what it did to my uncle and the, yeah. the, his friend's family and dealing with the death of, um, you know, her, the, her, the husband and a father and all that. And I was like, I'm good. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to put anyone through that myself. So got back into fitness and uh, I was in fitness when I was in San Luis Obispo, went to school to get my, I wanted to get my degree in uh, physical therapy and then started training got really good at training clients. Sales came very easy for me. Uh, I'm really good at connecting. I think that's one of my uh, superpowers. It's really easy for me to sit down and have a conversation with somebody and connect with them, not just on this like surface level, but more so on, a, on this like deeper, like what is really going on? What is really holding you back? And from that sales became really easy, got moved into management. And, uh, that's where my leadership abilities yeah. started showing that I didn't have any. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I was that guy that says, Hey, do this because I'm telling you, or I'm going to write you up if you don't, or like, man, it was horrible. Look at my name tag. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, found a really good mentor. You know, that was, I think for me, 
that was a pivotal point in my career is I found a mentor who really sat down with me and really like we would meet once a week. I would drive probably like 40 minutes from where I live to his club and we would meet once a week, 40 minutes. And literally we just went through and on like, how do you coach the team? How do you coach yourself? How do you lead yourself? You know, it's all, you know, how do you run the business? So it was, man, it was an eye opener to a lot of the skills I didn't have that I thought I had. And it, for me, that kind of took my, took me in a different direction where I really just went all in on leadership and really wanted to understand how to be a better leader, how to lead myself better. Um, you know, how do I lead my team better? And more important, like how do we get our clients in our community? And obviously when you're, you're in, when you're in fitness, it's just not inside the four walls. It's the clients, it's the trainers, it's the community. How do you be that leader in the community when you're talking about health, fitness, wellness, you know, worked my way up through that corporate space, went up to a regional director, ran four clubs in San Francisco. Um, there was about 60 trainers that I oversaw and about 5 million in revenue that I was responsible for, did that for a while. And then in between there, the rise event came about and basically rise for me, I, there was a point where when I was training independently, I went independent for a little bit. And when I was training independently, I realized there really isn't a lot of events for gym owners or independent trainers that helps them understand business. Uh, if you look at most certifications, it's all programming, anatomy, physiology, but nothing that says, here's how you build a business. Here's how you build operations in a business. Here's how you build systems in a business. And that for me was just like, huh, there's something here. There's a gap in the industry. So it was March, 2013. I was like, I posted on Facebook. I'm starting an event. It's called, at that time, it was called NorCal Fitness Summit. I'm looking for speakers. And because of the relationships I developed in the past, prior to the event, we had some really amazing speakers that are some definitely influencers in the industry at the first event. Grew that. We had 30 people. This is the funny part. I had no email list. I had nothing. We, we, we put it in a gym. A buddy of mine had a gym. We had it in the gym, 30 attendees at the first one. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was fun, man. Six years later, we had about 200, 250 yeah. at the last one in That's great. California. And now here we are in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. You got, uh, and yeah, is it looking to grow again this year? Yeah, I, my, I think for me, like my sweet spot is like that two to 300. It's one that I'm not a big fan of big events. I know from a financial standpoint, they're like amazing and you can make a lot of money. But really for me, it's the connection. And that's, yeah, like, totally. it's, it's, that's the piece I feel. Because I hear, I mean, you can get content anywhere. I can go on YouTube right now and get content. So you're not coming to the event for per se the content. And I want to be able to curate that, that connection and that community and that network. And so I keep it small on purpose. And so two to 300 is my max. I love it. That's great. And what's, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing all that. I appreciate it. Yeah. What's, um, who are some of the championship leaders that you've had inside of your life? Like a little bit less on who they are and, and more on like, what is it about them that, that stands out to you as championship leaders? Cause I think, you know, you talk about John Maxwell, right? He godfather of leadership. Right. Sure. Just, <laughs> I just love, like, he's one of the guys that I first started really just devouring his content and reading his books. He does such a great job. He does um, stories and he's a great speaker as well, but definitely the authority when it comes to leadership, but 
you know, what is it about some of the these championship leaders, whether they're coaches, mentors, just people personally, or maybe indirectly that you were impacted by, like, what have you taken from them to make, to impact you and who you are as a leader today? I think, I mean, honestly, man, it's, it's my brother is someone who comes to mind. And here's why I say that is, uh, so my brother was, um, is deaf. And at two year old, two years old, he had a fever that didn't break for quite some time and it impacted his hearing. Yeah. And so throughout life, like I watched as someone who's got full vision, full hearing, watched him struggle, watch him get made fun of, um, watch the system that is, you know, society and the, and schools treat him almost like a second class citizen because of his disability and just the fighting my mom had to go through, which, which is my other hero is my mom, uh, you know, watching her have to go, you know, to literally to war with the city to get my brother his rights and, and then watching him fall in love with basketball as he gets older and man, like you talk about putting in work and something you love. I mean, that guy, he'd go out and shoot three point shots, free throws, all this, uh, uh, and just constantly practiced. And what came about from that was he actually got selected to be on the USA deaf basketball team. Oh, no way. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, so the deaf Olympics, uh, he represented, the United States and they flew to Thailand and played a bunch of other deaf teams from around the world. And I think they got uh -huh. third place overall. So, you know, it's, it's, it's always that reminder of like one gratitude to be able to have what I have and, and, you know, the sacrifice my mom had to make, not just to bring us here, but also the sacrifice my mom had to make for my brother, but then watching my brother putting in work every single day uh, to fulfill the dream that he wanted to do, which is play basketball for uh, USA. And so now, I guess, now he's get to do it again next year. Uh, he made the team again. So that, man, him and my mom, man, like I can't, my, my mom dealing with my dad and my dad getting hurt at work a few years back and then being disabled, not being able to work again. So my here at, at this point, my mom's taking care of my brother and my dad and she's working two jobs. And so like, those are the reminders when I'm having those moments of self-doubt or, you know, I'm tired or those little like, like, oh, it's okay to rest. Like those two pop into my head of like, nope, like my brother like earned every yeah. single thing to get him to you to, to that level of basketball. Like I can still put in some work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's important. Um, you know, to have those people in your life that you can be inspired by. And then also just great reminders. Like, you know, I mentioned that, I went and ran this altar this, this weekend, 62 miles. And yeah, when, when things get really tough and hard and, and you can have those people to draw on, like, man, this is what my brother's going through. This is what my mom has experienced. And like, just, you know, how they, the example they've been, you're like, no, nah, man, I, I can't quit. I got to keep going. There's, there's, there's others going through a lot, way worse things than what we are today. And so that's. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I got, and then obviously, and then my last one's my daughter. You know, she, she is 14, but uh, she got diagnosed about three years ago now, three years ago with a virus that impacted her ability to walk. So was walking, playing soccer, all, everything was great. And then one day in class, she walked to the front of the class, walked back to her seat 
and then couldn't get out of her seat. And there was some vi- there was a virus that attacked her spine, and basically from the waist down, she couldn't walk. And so she's for the last three years is you know for the first year was going through plasma and blood transfer and just trying to get things going again, occupational therapy. So she went from not being able to walk in a wheelchair to now, you know, I've seen, she sends, she'll send me videos of, of her walking using a walker. So she can't fully walk, but she's made the progress of, man, she fights and she's a fighter and she puts in, and again, so I have these reminders between my brother and my mom, my daughter, like uh, there is no excuse to why you can't accomplish what you want to accomplish. And there's no reason why you can't push through those hard moments. Cause every time I think of that, there's my daughter, my daughter trying to walk again, my brother raising. Now he's got two kids of his own that he's raising and he's got a deaf daughter now as well. So full circle, like, Hey, you know, there's always these little reminders in life of like, man, be grateful of, of what you have. And there's others that have it more challenging. Like what's your excuse? Well, I love it now. Like all the, the pieces are fitting together. It's like rise up. I, it know, is. A lot of people. So that's where. <laughs> I'm that man. That's where the rise brand. I mean, I think rise for me, like uh, it, it. It's more than like the word itself is just so powerful because it's the rise up. The show is really all about the the journey, right? It's yeah. we always we always look at the successful people and be like, man, like they must have had it easy because look at where they are now, and no one really understands the story that it took to get them there. And so rise up the show is really like the entrepreneur journey. Like what was the, what was it like in those moments of doubt? And what was it like in those moments of, I can either go A or B and whatever direction I go to is going to create an end result that I make the right choice. And I call those, we call those your rise up moments. So that's where the whole up, you know, rise up the show, rise the event. I think it's just one of those, those, it's one of those powerful movements that says, hey, on, in, your mo- in, your, in your darkest of days, you have the ability to rise and move in a different direction. Are you willing to take that step? Yeah. It's so important to tell those, those stories. And I mean, I definitely hit on those. And I, hopefully we'll get into it here too with you. But I think our, our, uh, our listeners are it, it probably are pretty similar, like entrepreneurs, business owners, people that are just looking to really rise up or like just do a little bit better in life and you know um continue to grow and expand and uh they're all going through similar you know we're not that different right like no you know and there's so much power inside that too when you realize that man like hey all right like someone else has has experienced <laughs> something similar they made it through like they've excelled in spite of that and so can i so yeah i just love that you're out there like telling those stories thank you man thank you what um, I always like to talk about vision. So like, what's the vision for you? You know, maybe over the next five years or so, I, championship leaders, I think they have some of the greatest vision is, and they don't <laughs> just stop there, right? They have, they have the vision, but then they, they have the courage to execute on the vision, right? To, to, to go down the path that, that many others aren't willing to go. You know, if, you, if you're in the sports or football, like some of the greatest coaches that have found a way to win at the highest levels, they have something different that some of the other best in the world haven't been able to figure out. And yeah. I think part of that is that vision and executing on it and staying at the top of their game, continuing to change and evolve. Like, so what is it for you? What's your vision? Where do you want to go? What kind of impact do you want to make? Where do you want to be, you know, five years from now? Yeah, for me, honestly, the biggest vision is really getting around this whole rise movement 
and really understanding like through the creation of this event. And there's moments where like I had to actually postpone the event for 2018 or I'm sorry, 2019, just from a business perspective, like we, I got, I, I over, I was over optimistic in how many attendees we would get. And we actually didn't get as many as we, I thought. And so we had to postpone the event and in those, it's in those moments where, you know, just like probably anyone listening or watching there's in those moments, man, those are some of the darkest times. And, you know, you sit there and really wonder, you know, am I really meant to be doing this or, you know, am I, you lose a side, you lose, you lose a little bit about above about yourself. Like you question yourself and your self-confidence. And so I went through those moments, man, the last six weeks, I've been kind of battling that myself. Like as we get ready for this, this event in 2020, uh, there's moments where it's like, man, am I really do, doing this again? And am I really putting myself out there again with taking a, um, a risk that something might happen or might not work. And so for me, like the bigger vision is always the impact in the fitness industry. Like that's always been my mission is to really help gym owners make money in this industry. It just does a horrible job of setting them up for success. It it just, it really doesn't like it. You're, I think the average income for a trainer is maybe 30, 40,000 a year. And like you, you can't live anywhere on 30, 40,000 a year. Like, you know, maybe Texas, but you're still struggling in Texas. And so we have this like mission to help serve people and help change people's lives. But yet we are trapped inside a job because they're the, the systems aren't in place. The operations aren't in place. The team's not in place. So now you as the owner, and you probably went through this with your CrossFit, but like you are trapped inside the business and you're like, holy crap, like, how do I get out of this thing? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so it, it becomes this like thing you wanted to do from a love, from a place of love becomes a place of burden. And you're like, man, I just want to get out of the industry. So part of the mission of rise is really help gym owners create like the freedom they want through their business, but also still impact the lives of the clients and the people they want to help. And let's just face it. Like, 300, I think the, by 20, 2025 or 2030, it's 300,000 fitness professionals are in this industry. And yet, if you look at the obesity epidemic, it's still going up. Yeah, isn't crazy? Yeah. So like, what are we really doing? Yeah. <laughs> so part of, the, part of the mission now really is like th- through Rise, if we can help or I can help gym owners better understand how to run their business, they're going to be able to help more people, which it directly is going to help really the community, the world with this whole obesity epidemic. That's great to hear that you are, you know, thinking outside of that right too. And because yeah, that's a thought I've had before. It's like, man, fitness seems to be so front of mind for a lot of people today yet. Like the statistics of diabetes and, and obesity is just continues to just go crazy. And I'm like, how can, you know, cause my news feeds like, chock full of, I suppose, you know, I was a CrossFit box owner for a while. And, and so, you know, I definitely have some of those people in my feed where blowing it up, but at the same time, it does feel like more than ever with the, there's races, the running, the, the, the tough motors, like there's just five uh, K's, whatever you want. You're like, there's tons of opportunity and yet the statistics continue to go. So I love that you were touching on that and addressing that, asking those questions too, you know, cause when you get that platform and you can bring these people together, yeah, let's let's go 
let's go make some money and, and make an impact and not like burn ourselves to the ground at the same time as well as, but let's make a, let's make a difference. It's you. And I mean, it's what you got started for, right? It's what you got. It's why you got in this industry is to make a difference. And like, you can't make a difference when you're you as the owner or, or the trainer is stressed out every day, walking in thinking, how am I like, you're laying in bed thinking, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my team? Am I going to make payroll this week? Like, that individual showing up isn't, isn't the same person that says, okay, I'm here to serve and through like, and, and, and everything else will work itself out. As long as I have these things in place, things will be okay. But I, if, if you're coming out of a place of this stressed, not resentment, I don't want to call it resentment, but you, you do, you start resenting the business at some point, those 16 hour days start catching up to you. And you're like, man, like, I don't want to be, is this going to be me for the rest of my life? And I hear it in conversations I have with gym owners or the groups I have. And it's just the one question. Like, I feel like I'm an imposter. I'm trapped in my business. I, I want to help more people, but I don't know how. Those are the things that Rise focuses on. It's not all the other stuff. All the how to deadlift, how to move better, exercise. There's events out there that already do amazing job covering that. Rise is different. And we talked before we hit record, the wellness piece, right? I think the wellness piece is a big one that I feel moving into 2020 and moving forward needs to get addressed. The mental, the mental wellness, the emotional wellness, the spiritual wellness, you know, the physical wellness, you know, a lot of, a lot of owners, business owners, whether it's gym owner or any business owner, it's, it's amazing how they will put their own wellness on hold. Yeah. Right for the sake of the business. And then all of a sudden they get sick or they gain weight. And I'm talking from personal experience here. I'm not like, I've yeah. gone through this myself, you know, and you forget to, to take care of yourself. And then one day you have to have surgery or, or you're out cause you're sick. Then what happens to the business? Yeah. So we, we, we talk so much about business, but we never really talk about wellness. And let's talk mental wellness, man. Like so many people's are, their business owners tie their identity to the business. And when the business goes to crap or it doesn't start doing well, they don't know who they are anymore. And suicide rates upon, on, when you look at entrepreneurship are one of the highest because that's, we, our business is us and we are our business and we don't, we don't know how to separate the two. So when the business stops doing well, yeah, their worth is tied to it, right? Their worth, their self-worth is now tied to the business. So that becomes really dangerous because you're, you're like you're, the business and your self-worth have no, they're, they're not tied to each other. Like you are priceless, yet yeah. you're putting something on yourself because of the business. And then you hear it, look at all the people that committed, like some of the most influential people in the world committed suicide. Like the most successful people in the world committed suicide. And these are entrepreneurs. So it's a lot of those things is, again, it's, it's the three core pillars of Rise are, business wellness and mindset and without those two wellness and mindset the business won't do well yeah yeah i love it so i got a little like tangent uh, there. <laughs> yeah, it's great as we start to wrap this up i want to i do want to ask like what is what's a critical moment or maybe turning point in your life where had you made that you know it's kind of that fork in the road a lot of people pulling you to go one way but it's not the way that you want to go right it's that road less traveled that, that ultimately I think you, you, you did take the path you did take, but it wasn't 
you know, it's a, it's that's hard decision. You got to have the again championship leader. You got to have that courage to to make that decision. And because you did, you you are where you are. But you could have very easily been somewhere else in life right now, had you not. Uh, is there a moment that sticks out to you that you can uh, share with the listeners that might be going through something similar? Yeah, it's uh, it's from it was when you know you 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 take that step of faith and say, hey, I'm putting this event on, and yeah, and here's what I'm doing. And man, it's just like. But not backlash, but you get those others like, well, there's already events out there. Like, why? Like, there's too many events in the industry. You know, why are you doing this? And you, you know, and it's funny. You know where it comes from? It came from my parents, which is which is the <laughs> yeah. Which now it's I laugh at like people closest, right? And again, it's, it's the people closest. And it's not uh, trying to be like, yeah, they don't know, right? They just don't. They just don't have that mindset that you do, and so they're, they're almost they don't. They're yeah. protecting you, but yep, yep, and. uh you know, I remember that conversation with my mom and dad and they're like, well, like, why? Like, why don't you get the safe job, you know, get the retirement, get the insurance. I'm like, dad, stop. Like, it's just not like at that point, like it just wasn't, it wasn't me, man. Like I just didn't want to do the safe thing. Like I've never, that's just never been me. And, and so you take the risk and you don't listen to your parents and you, and you push through. And, you know, the cool thing is, you know, the event, you know, my dad doubted it for so many years and he actually came to the last event in California and he got to, got to see what this whole thing was about. And so to see his face, uh, you know, light up with like, holy crap, like I didn't realize, you know, what this whole thing entailed. And it was my mom's birthday. So we pulled her on stage and all everybody sang her happy birthday. And so uh, I think that was for me, like I could have went the safe route, right? Like I could have went and, you know, I love my parents, but like they just they didn't know better. They came to the, they came to this country to give us a better life, the American dream, and they don't know any better. So, right. you know, I don't blame them. It's just like, it's just what they know. But uh, I think for a lot of you listening, like, yeah, your biggest critic are the closest people to you. Sometimes you just have to kind of like, hey, I love you, but this is what I, this was, this is my calling and this is what I want to do. And I'm going to be all in and the risk and the, the challenges and the, everything that comes with that. I think that's just all part of the journey. And I know, like, I, I know from personal experience, because we put on some large events um, and, and we've done okay. We've, we failed miserably. And, like, it, I know the cost of putting on an event. I know the yeah. <laughs> like, I know. And, uh, it's like, the, the wounds are still kind of, like, a little bit open. Like, it's not that far away. And so, yeah, I get, like, what you, what you have to go through to do it. And people can look from the outside looking in and be like, man, this guy's got this event. And he must be crushing it. And I'm like, well, if you only knew. Only you knew. <laughs> only knew. So, uh, right? Yeah, when that, when that hotel bill comes, you're like, holy crap. Right. Like, I didn't realize. Yeah, I don't feel my average. <laughs> like, trust me. And you better fill the room block if you got a room block. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Events aren't easy, man. They're fun. You know, it's a. Uh, it's stressful and you know it's uh especially after after having postponed one in november and trying to do it again in in next month um you know there's a little bit of trust that gets lost amongst the the industry so a lot of it is winning some of that back and and uh but yeah events are the most stressful but the man when they work and they come together and the day of it's some of the most beautiful like my biggest you know, you call it your bliss. Like when you're in your, in your, like this moment of bliss is when I, it's when I walk into that room the day morning of, and you're like, dang, like 12 months of planning and look at everybody in the room, 
the yeah. lights, the music, and you're like, God, this is exactly what I was meant to do. And uh, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I always tell people I'm, I'm, I'm planning a wedding every year. So yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would. I love it, man. It's it's stressful, but I love it. Oh, that's great. What are, what are one or two things that you could uh, share with the audience that they could take and maybe apply into their life today to help them move forward? I think one thing that I, w- I was taught is, the, and it's funny, I was at church this past Sunday and it got brought up again. And it's this whole like the process. And it was, sometimes we lose, we, we, we tend to lose sight of the process. And we think the process are like, I need to get my systems in place or I need to get this person hired. When sometimes the process is you, you are sometimes the process. And sometimes the process being you means there's growth that needs to happen from within you in order to get that step closer to whatever that promise is or whatever that end goal is. And sometimes we lose sight of that. We think the process is these external things when really the process is something internal within you. Like that next step won't happen until there's a certain level of growth that you need to experience and go through to get you on that, to keep you on that journey towards that end goal. So don't, I think we tend to lose sight of that. I think that'd be my message is don't lose sight of the process being that the process is you. Are you growing every single day or are you taking the right actions that get you closer to that end goal? And if not, sometimes you got to sit back and reflect. And I think that's kind of what I had to do this lot, you know, from November till now is really go back and like, am I, I need, there's a certain level of growth I need to go through because I haven't experienced it yet to get me ready for that next step. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's, yeah. That's huge. So what's, um, what are a few ways we can find out more about you? We can maybe, you know, if there's, I know I definitely have some personal trainers and some gym owners out there that are listening as well. Like how could they find out more info on the conference and, and just, uh, yeah, what you got going on? Yeah. Uh, so Facebook, uh, look me up, Khaled Almasri. Uh, Instagram, it's at KLMasri1. And then the website's almost done. But if you go to attendrise.com, you'll see pretty much the, everything for the event um, for February. Awesome. Yeah, we'll get that linked up too. And uh, I appreciate you coming on, man, and taking some time. I know you're a busy guy, especially uh, this close to an event. I know. I know. Hey, it's all good. I love doing these. These are fun for me. So it gets my, it gets my mind off the event and <laughs> get to talk to some people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. I'm excited to let me come on. Absolutely. Have a good day. Uh, you too. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey